Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Now, here's your host, Price Atkinson. Welcome into another episode of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy Football. And I'm your host, Price Atkinson. Once again, thanks again for tuning in this week. So we got a lot to get to, a couple big, big wins for a pair of our teams this past weekend, Navy and Air Force in action and recording uh, two big conference wins. Is That now sets the stage for both teams moving ahead this weekend. Army was off, but they'll be back in action. We'll tell you about the games that went down last weekend. We'll get you ready for all three games coming up this weekend as we take that time to say thank you to our servicemen and women who are serving in harm's way and will not be home for the Thanksgiving holiday later this week. But uh, thank you to all our listeners. Remember, you can download on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, myriad of ways to listen to Yards and Stripes every week. You can subscribe or certainly uh, give us a like or follow on Facebook or Twitter at Yards and Stripes. Uh, Stay connected with us. Uh, We will post every single episode right there and so much more throughout the college football season as we are barreling home. It is almost conference championship game weekend. We are on the precipice. We are right around the corner uh, from those conference championship games. But we got a lot more to do this week. We will do that with our spe- special guest interview. We will talk with Air Force senior Isaiah Sanders, a young man uh, who missed last weekend's game due to interviewing for a Rhodes Scholarship. Uh, the senior going to be playing his final home game at Falcon Stadium this weekend. Also, just this week, named a finalist, one of three finalists for the Danny Werfel Man of the Year Award in college football. What an honor for Isaiah Sanders. Excited to talk with him. Also, our, our Travis Mannion Foundation Honor Roll segment, how we wrap up every episode of the podcast, we will do that. In addition, give out our game ball this week. A big one uh, to give out. A couple spectacular performances by both um, uh, Army and, or excuse me, Navy and Air Force players. Uh, Going to give out our game ball this week or from last weekend. We will do that here in just a few minutes. But we got a lot to get to, and let's get to the action of what went down last week. Hut, hut, hike. All right, let's start last weekend in Annapolis. The midshipmen hosting number 25 SMU, and the mids get a big 35-28 to win before an incredibly packed house at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. An eight, now 8-2 eight and two overall this season, 6-1 and one in the American Athletic. SMU dropping to 9-2 and two overall, 5-2 and two, uh, in the American. The biggest news is that Navy, with the win, does keep pace. They are tied atop the, the West Division standings at 6-1 and one with Memphis, who is also 6-1. and one. Uh, They will now have to wait to see what happens this weekend as Navy will face Houston on the road and Memphis hosting Cincinnati. More on that in just a minute. Uh, but first to the action, and Malcolm Perry, wherever you heard this before, stop me. If you have, Malcolm Perry was just outstanding yet again, 357 yards of total offense, including this big 70-yard touchdown run with six minutes to go. SMU will get the ball back if you don't get a first down right here. Maybe you struggled on third down today, but Perry's got space. Malcolm Perry! Third down, how about a touchdown? 
And that audio courtesy of the CBS Sports Network as the mids break a 28-28 tie with just over six minutes to go. Uh, and Malcolm Perry taking that ball 70 yards, an outstanding run going up the middle uh, basically to break the tie. And then with to about 2.30 to go, a huge stop by the Navy defense. Fourth and fourth, their own 12 as SMU is driving, looking to tie the game or maybe even go ahead on a two-point conversion like they did a year ago. Uh, they can't get it. Navy gets the stop, uh, and Navy gets the win. It was a game that Navy had to battle back in the second half as they were down 21-10 to 10 at the half, but the third quarter was all Navy. Uh, Malcolm Perry capping a 13-play, 75-yard drive that covered 602 as they opened the quarter with the football. And then after a, a three and out, Navy gets that stop and gets the ball back, and they go nine plays, 73 yards with a Nichols 24-yard field goal that brought them to within one. But Ryan Mitchell hauls in a 13-yard touchdown pass uh, to begin the fourth quarter from Malcolm Perry. That gave Navy the lead and the lead that they would not give up, even though that SMU came right back as quarterback Shane Bouchel, the Texas transfer, hits she Rice with this big 61-yard touchdown pass. That ties it before Malcolm Perry goes on that highlight reel 70-yard touchdown run uh, as Navy holds on for the win. Perry finishes the game 38 carries, 195 yards, 92 or two touchdowns, average over five yards a carry, throwing the ball. He was 9 of 15, 162 yards uh, with that touchdown pass. So Navy outgains the visiting Mustangs, 540-344. to 344. Navy finishes the season 4-0 at home in Navy Marine Corps Memorial, Memorial Stadium. Obviously, they can win the Commander-in-Chief trophy uh, with a win over Army in the regular season finale, but they're also still in play for the American Athletic title. And here's basically the way it will work. They Navy has to have uh, Cincinnati knock off Memphis. If that happens... Um, then they would end up getting the opportunity to play uh, for the American Athletic Conference Championship in that game. Uh, that game would not be played in Annapolis. Um, that game would be played uh, in Cincinnati if, and I'm saying if, that happens. So uh, a lot of scenarios still uh, yet to play out. Uh, but basically, if Navy beats Houston, they win a share of the American Athletic West Division title. It'd be the third time since joining the league in 2015 that Navy uh, would get a share of the division title. Cincinnati has clinched the East, but they must beat Memphis on Friday to host the AAC championship game. So still something for Cincinnati to play for uh, in terms of being able to host that game. Memphis would host Cincinnati in the championship game if they beat Cincinnati on Friday. But if Cincy wins, uh, then Navy beats Houston. Cincinnati would host the midshipmen uh, in the American Athletic Conference championship game. If Cincinnati beats Memphis and Houston beats Navy, then Memphis would play at Cincinnati in the AAC title game. So that's basically the way it shakes out. But here's Coach Kenny Amatololo after the game and the win. SMU is a really, really good football team. Things look a little bleak there in the first half, and the the resolve, the grit, the resiliency of our kids. Man, I couldn't be more proud of them. They continue to battle. Um, you know, I love these guys, but the, we have our our senior on Friday nights. We have our senior meeting where they get up and just express some of the feelings that they have in their heart, and we we do that every year. And it was by far the best senior meeting we've ever had. The 82 record is a byproduct of our leadership of the seniors. And I couldn't be more proud of them. They're really good football players, but they're good people and good kids, and they're what this school is all about. And 
Um, I just wish, I don't know why these games have to always come like this, you know, just, um, <laughs> but anyways, um, just happy for our kids. I love them. I'm happy for our seniors. So congratulations to those Navy seniors finishing the season in style. All right, in our last game of the weekend last Saturday, Air Force going to Albuquerque, New Mexico, trying to snap a three-game losing streak to the New Mexico Lobos in a game that was delayed due to the untimely death of Najee Flowers, the defensive end for the Lobos, who tragically passed away on November the 5th. This game rescheduled because both teams had an open date, and this game uh, turned out much in favor of the Air Force Falcons, getting a 44-22 win over the Lobos, it was a close game at halftime, 14-10 uh, as the Lobos got a long uh, 40-yard field goal just before the end of the first half to make it 14-10. But in the second half, it was the DJ Hammond show that was showcased with his right arm, throwing the football all over the field. As Bob Davey, the head coach of the New Mexico Lobos, said, we just could not stay with them one-on-one to the tune of which uh, D.J. Hammond had a career, a game for the ages, a career afternoon, 9 of 10 throwing the football, 327 yards, four touchdowns. All four touchdowns came in the second half, two of which went to Gerard Sanders and two went to Benjamin Waters. As the third quarter opened, Gerard Sanders hauled in a 46-yard touchdown pass from Hammond the third. Lobos would come back and, and get a, a long touchdown drive capped by a 13-yard touchdown pass from, from Trey Hall to Jordan Crest. But the point after, no good. It was blocked and it was then returned for two by Milton Bug the third. And then Air Force gets the ball and comes right back. Another huge play. A 59-yard touchdown pass from Hammond the third to Benjamin Waters. And then in the second, in the fourth quarter, uh, a 27-yard touchdown pass and a 76-yard touchdown pass from Hammond to Sanders and Waters, respectively. So Hammond finishes the game with only one incompletion. That incompletion was on a play that was reviewed, originally ruled a fumble, but then it was uh, called an incompletion. So that was his only one of the day. But the 327 passing yards, the most in a single game since 1976, four touchdowns, also one of the tops in single-game history. Sanders and Waters, who finished with over 100 yards. Sanders, five catches, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. Waters with four catches, 171 yards, and two touchdowns. Both over 100 yards. The first time two players for the Falcons had gone over 100 yards receiving in the same game since 2000. And four, so it just a big afternoon for uh, the Falcons, especially throwing the football. Can't be underscored what they did on the ground as they rolled up over 213 yards of rushing yards, led by Taven Burdeau, a team high 17 carries and 110 yards with a touchdown. Uh, as Donald Hammond also added 11 carries, 41 yards with one touchdown on the ground uh, in a game that, <clears throat> no doubt about it, uh, this was all. Air Force in the second half, and that defense just continued to do the job as they held the Lobos to just 358 yards. And so now Air Force improving to nine and two overall, six and one in the Mountain West. Mountain uh, New Mexico dropping to two and nine, zero and seven in the Mountain West. Air Force now has won six straight ball games. Their last loss came obviously against Navy but six wins in a row right now the Falcons are rolling and with one game to go they are still alive uh, for a potential tie atop the Mountain West Mountain Division uh, 
in a tie for the conference championship. So uh, the Air Force Falcons getting it done. We're going to talk a lot more about the Air Force Falcons here in just a few minutes. But afterwards, here's what head coach Troy Calhoun had to say about his team's effort uh, in the win. Well, we, we made a couple of plays, and yet at the same time, give credit to New Mexico. I mean, I thought, you know, obviously, they did one heck of a job in terms of their game plan on both sides of the ball, and uh, they are very, very well coached, and, and this is a hard place to play, but our guys, they hung in there and uh, played pretty solid football the last couple of quarters. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think any time you complete some balls, there are, there are a number of factors uh, that have to contribute to one completion, uh, the quality of the protection, uh, being able to get some separation or get open, and, uh, and then to have a ball pinpointed, you know, delivered, not just uh, to be able to make the grab or the catch, but to be able to do something beyond the catch, too. We can block better, we can be stronger with the ball, and we can tackle better. And, uh, and yet that doesn't diminish one bit how, you know, what we earned. And it was a team effort in terms of what we're able to do here. And again, I think, you know, it's hard to win in this league. In any team ball sport, it offends in B-A-L-L at the United States Air Force Academy in this conference. It's so difficult and hard. And, um, you know, we were able to earn one today against a team that's really, really well coached in a place, like I said, that's um, it's a tough place to play. That was the head coach, Troy Calhoun, talking about his team now 9-2. and two. Again, chance to win double-digit wins this weekend as they will host Wyoming final regular season game of the year. Hammond, first and 10 from the 25, fakes the handoff to Mallard, pitches it out to Remsburg. Cade gets around the right side. Hammond back to pass, third and eight. Right up the middle comes the pressure, delivers the ball. Sanders catches it, and he's going to take it into the end zone for a Falcon touchdown, 46 yards. Hammond to Gerard Sanders. What a weekend. You heard it right there, that audio courtesy of Falcon Vision, the Air Force Football Radio Network. Donald Hammond the third. What a day he had last Saturday, throwing the football in the 44-22 win over the New Mexico Lobos. The Falcons exploding there uh, in the passing game. Hammond the third, 9-10 throwing the football, 327 yards, four touchdowns. My goodness, what a football game. Hammond the third had with all his touchdown passings coming in the second half. And just to let you know, a couple stats uh, regarding that incredible effort throwing the football. The fifth most passing yards in a game in Air Force history and the most since 1976. It was obviously a career best in terms of touchdown passes, two to Gerard Sanders and two to Ben Waters. But the four touchdown passes ties for the second most in single game school history. The Falcons had 544 yards of total offense in the win, and that obviously was led by Donald Hammond III. Also on the ground, he carried it 11 times for 41 yards and a touchdown, but the story was that 9-10 passing, 327 yards, four touchdowns, as he was named Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Week for those efforts. Just an outstanding effort by by Hammond uh, under center, and boy, they are going to need it here the rest of the way. An exciting finish for Air Force, uh, who is now obviously 9-2 and two this season, as we told you just a few minutes ago, 6-1 and one in the Mountain West Conference with that final home game and regular season game coming up this weekend. So congratulations to Donald Hammond III.
All right, when we come back, Isaiah Sanders, the senior, speaking of Air Force quarterbacks, Isaiah Sanders, the senior, who Donald Hammond beat out for that starting job, but native of right there in Colorado Springs, Isaiah Sanders, the senior, playing his final home game coming up this weekend. He's coming up next right here on Yards and Stripes. In 2007, Marine First Lieutenant Travis Mannion was killed in Iraq after saving his wounded teammates. Travis's legacy lives on through the words he spoke before his final deployment, If not me, then who? Words that today fuel the spirit of Travis Mannion Foundation. And through TMF, these words can live in you too. Show the world what you're made of, because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org. It's everything you need to know about Service Academy football. Yards and Stripes continues. Here again is Price Atkinson. All right, welcome back into Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football, where we talk all things Army, Navy, and Air Force. And Air Force is exactly the cup of tea that we're going to indulge in right now, and that's Isaiah Sanders, our special guest this week, the senior quarterback from right there in Colorado Springs, Isaiah uh, went to Palmer Ridge High School and uh, has held a, he's got a number of leadership positions at the Air Force Academy and recently was named a, a finalist for the Werfel uh, Award this year. But Isaiah, just welcome in, man. It's great to have you. And just what a oh, what a you. pleasure it's been to watch you play college football the last few years. No, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Well, let's get into it real quick on the field because you guys right now, uh, the season you're having after five and seven, you know, coming up just short of a bowl game really the last two years, mm-hmm. boy, at nine and two, you guys have this thing rolling and getting ready for Wyoming this weekend. You know, you and, and the other 29, 30 seniors have been institutional in, in engineering this turnaround. How have you guys mm-hmm. been able to do it? Oh, I think a lot of that uh, just goes to obviously the work ethic and um, just kind of perseverance that you see in a lot of these guys. Uh, obviously, being at the academy, you learn a lot about resiliency and uh, how to kind of handle adversity and, and learn from your mistakes and move forward. And, and I think it's been cool to see how that's kind of transpired on the football field this past year and just uh, seeing some guys obviously use their talents out there, but then also in the locker room just um, trying to help lead the team. And I think uh, that was a big a big thing, just you know, being able, being, being able to have some seniors, some captains, some guys on the team step up and, and really kind of take this thing and run with it. So, uh, so yeah, no, like you said, it's it's been awesome to see, and uh, we'll see how far we can go. How did those, uh, you know, episodes, periods, you know, bumps in the road, adversity, like you mentioned, challenges, you know, th- how does that help you bond with those? Not not just, I mean, obviously all your teammates, but really those those fellow seniors that you have been with every step of the way. And I think it really comes down to the last part you just said, right? Just being uh, with each other every step of the way. So we've seen each other in the good times and we've seen each other in the bad times. And just uh, you learn a lot about yourself when you when you face adversity, right? I think it reveals kind of the, the man that's really inside because it's easy to be, you know, the good guy or the, the happy guy when everything's going well. But uh, what do you look like when adversity hits? And I think um, we've all been able to kind of be there to, to help each other out when that's when that's uh, kind of hit the team and, and, and try to grow and move forward. So um, I think it's just that piece that you said, like uh, just being with each other the, the whole time and all this ups and downs. And, and I think that helps draw us closer together. So. And you got to go through that at the academy. That that's really one of the things that they train you as is a leader, right? Is is yeah, to yeah. overcome adversity and those challenges. But what what's maybe one of those uh, examples? Maybe that whether it be football or, or leadership, military. What's one of those maybe that you look back and say, man, that was really a, a, a situation, a period that that was really tough. That 
really helped mold me in, into the cadet that I am in terms of overcoming adversity? Um, I think there's a lot of things. I think one of the uh, main things is just when you kind of look at our schedules. And mm-hmm. uh, I know there was one day, you know, see, I think it was sophomore year going into it was it was uh, about to go into spring uh, spring ball, mm-hmm. and I had you know full I had classes all day, and then I had um, swimming. So we had to actually had the mile swim that day, and I mm-hmm. think I only ended up getting like 32 lengths. I didn't even finish it, but you know, in the pool for about an hour uh-huh. or more, then get out of that and go transition to conditioning circuit for football, do the position work, the competition that we have there, and then we go in the weight room, squat and power, and uh, hang clean, and then I still had homework to do that day, right? And so wow. that's probably one of the moments that kind of that kind of just sticks out in my mind just as far as realizing how much is demanded from you um, as a leader, as an athlete, and also as a as a student, right? And I think um, that's just one example, but there's plenty of times where, where it's, it's things like that, right, where we just don't have a lot of time on our schedule, but there's still a lot being expected of us. And, and I think the growth as far as who you are as a man comes in realizing that, you know what, I still got to get this done, and I still got to go out, and it's not just about me too, right? I think that's one of the lessons you learn too is how can I make this not just about me, but how can I go out and realize that I've got other people looking to me, other people counting on me, other people watching me, and how I go about this adversity and how can I inspire them and lead them too. So. All right, as we continue with Isaiah Sanders, the Air Force Academy senior quarterback, majoring in human factors engineering. I don't even I couldn't even begin to guess what that is, Isaiah. <laughs> it is so far above my academic level, but you know, you guys finishing the importance of finishing strong and you know the chance to win. I mean, look, double digits is right here, and that's before you even get to a bowl game. But you know, mm-hmm. the fact that you as a senior class can leave this legacy, so to speak, of you know, after a couple of years of adversity in not getting the kind of results with the wins and losses on the scoreboard that you want the chance to finish strong here this weekend but also you know with the bowl game and possibly this could be an 11 win season holy cow you know how much how important is that to you guys Uh, I think it's obviously you know the next game is the one that counts right now and so that's what we're focused on is trying to uh, be one and all on Saturday against Wyoming, uh, and gear and efforts towards that. But obviously, you know, big picture wise, when you take a step back, you realize that if we go one and zero this weekend and one and zero in a bowl game, that that it means what you just said, right? Being an 11 win team, which also means being in kind of a you know small group of of teams in, in Air Force Academy history, which I do think is pretty special. So uh, definitely something we just got to take care of business each day, and that starts before Saturday, right? That starts in you know the meetings that we're about to step into here in a little bit, in, in the in the weight room and in the, in the practice and everything too. So. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's amazing to see everything, not just on the field, but off. And, and obviously, your life it, it moving forward will have so much more to do uh, than on the field. It's going to be in the in the military and you know in, in public service and. You know, you've been uh, just recently last week a finalist for the or this week though a finalist for the Werfel Trophy, college football's premier award for community service. Uh, I believe a semifinalist for for the Jason Witten uh, Collegiate Man of the Year. Um, yes, it, you're so many, so much that you do off the field, and you know, and working with uh, uh, the the group Undivided uh, FCA. Uh, so many things there, especially in the Colorado Springs area. And I'm curious, is is a native of Colorado Springs? How much does that, you know, draw, motivate? Um, how much just being a native of that community, growing up there, going to high school, uh, play into wanting to give back and, and being so active with, you know, f- folks, uh, you know, uh, opportunities in the community? Well, I think um – one, it does provide um, certain opportunities just because of the relationships and connections that mm-hmm. I've built, right, um, having been here the past um, about 12 years of my life. Um, and so 
there's obviously you know people whether it's from FCA. I know the state director for FCA right now. He was he's my mentor, and, mm-hmm. and he was somebody that I you know I met in high school because uh, he was helping uh, with some of the FCA stuff that we did back then, and just um, things like that. So uh, it definitely helps. Um, it's definitely cool to be able to kind of give back to the place where you uh, kind of started from, right? So um, being able to to not just make a difference in people's lives, but being able to make a difference in the lives of the communities that I grew up in and um, and, and surrounding communities, which I think is cool. And then. Uh, we recently moved to Aurora, so then hopefully, you know, being able to kind of expand their outreach to, to mm-hmm. communities up there, too, and, and around the Denver area, too. So, so no, I definitely I do think it makes it special, right? I think at the end of the day, uh, we shouldn't be doing this just for football, for stats, for touchdowns, because um, mm-hmm. that stuff's going to mm-hmm. come and go. But um, what can I do, like I said, to just use this platform and my gifts and abilities um, so that others, you know, can live a better story, too, and, and that they can, you know, maybe get the opportunities that they, they haven't been afforded or, or be able to have somebody try to, you know, provide a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of inspiration a little bit of motivation for them to um, keep doing what they do too. So Absolutely. And, you know, another honor that you've been bestowed, uh, I know was last weekend, the opportunity to just simply interview for a Rhodes scholarship. I know it was, <laughs> I know it was hard to miss the game and, and because you had that interview scheduled, you know, way in advance, knowing that was an open date and obviously certain things happen out of your control, but you know, you yeah, have to miss the game. What was that opportunity like to, to interview for such a prestigious, you know, the Rhodes scholarship obviously is, it's just so prestigious, but, what what was that opportunity like for you? Uh, it was definitely unique, uh, definitely a blessing and an honor uh, to be in that kind of elite group of people. I think when I, you know, I'm sitting there in the, in the reception or just around, you know, at dinner with the other finalists and listening to to some of them and their backgrounds and what they're doing, and and it's pretty amazing, honestly. Um, one of those things I can almost be a little humbling too, just to realize like, wow. Um, you know, somehow, some way, you know, God bless me to be a part of this group. And, and there's a lot of, like I said, just very impressive students there. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think it was cool to just be, be have an opportunity to, to talk to some, um, you know, very established people in different career fields who were interviewing me and, and talking to me at the reception about, you know, kind of my thoughts, the way I think and, um, you know, my aspirations and, and why I think uh, what I'm trying to do is important and significant in America, too. And I think, um, you know, regardless of, getting the scholarship, not getting the scholarship and, and stuff like that. I think one of the other things I was trying to do and hoping to do is be able to just kind of inspire, uh, again, just, you know, my communities, um, people coming from minority backgrounds as myself, you know, I have a biracial heritage and just mm-hmm. being able to um, kind of help rewrite the, the race relations narrative in America and say, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we can we can do this too and, and try to help somebody who maybe doesn't see beyond the four uh, street corners uh, be able to say that, you know, be able to see that there are opportunities for us uh, to advance, you know, in, in educational fields and in scholarly fields and things like that too so I think a lot of what I wanted to do was just try to inspire other people too. Wow that's amazing and you know as you get ready uh, we begin to wrap up with Isaiah Sanders you know Isaiah with Saturday your last home game at Falcon Stadium have you sat back have you laid back and just kind of thought what running out of that tunnel is going to be like the last time you know being able to look up at mom and dad and see him in the stands (laughs) you know go having that last home game there I mean is it I know it probably won't hit till afterwards but you know just the thoughts emotions you know just the feelings going into Saturday Mm -hmm. no I think uh right now you know like I said we just kind of focused on on each day uh, and the preparation everything that leads up to it but no for sure I think it will you know obviously dawn on me at some point here soon um that I don't have past after a few days. I won't have any more games to run out on the field um, at Falcon Stadium, and obviously what that what that's been able to to mean to me um, in the in the past few years. So um, it will be something that's you know special. I'm kind of closing the chapter on one season of life, but uh, beginning the chapter on a, on a new season that I'm also excited for too. So um, so yeah, there there obviously be you know a lot of emotions attached to it, but 
um, I think it'll it'll also be you know a special opportunity. So. All right, last question, Isaiah. I know you do a lot of work with the FCA, you know, helping uh, plan weekly meetings and mm-hmm. uh, working with other cadets, you know, there uh, at the Air Force Academy. You know, Christ, I know, guides your life and, and, and faith leads you in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, how important is that, you know, that you don't go off and it's not something that you wear so much on your sleeve and push it. But how, just how important is that to you when, what, when others ask you about just the importance of, of your faith and just everything that you do? What what do you tell them? Well, I think um, it is a huge thing for me, right? I think mm-hmm. um, a lot of times people might try to use, you know, the metaphor or say, you know, God needs to be number one, and then you can mm-hmm. have these other things. But for me, God really needs to be everything. And my personal mission statement um, is to leverage my God-given platform gifts and abilities for the advancement of God's kingdom and glory, and that those around me might live a better story, right? And so um, whether it's on the field, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's in the community, wherever I'm at, um, you know, hopefully being able to to do things in such a way um, and use what I've been given so that others, like I said, can live a better life and um, and know why I'm able to do the things that I do. Because uh, you, you mentioned some of the accolades, some of the recognition, some of the things that I've been able to accomplish, but it's not because of me, right? It's because of God's grace in my life and the way that he's used other people to um, to care for me and to support me and to push me uh, to be the best version of myself. So, so yeah, no, it's definitely huge. And I guess that's why uh, part of the reason I want to be able to, you know, astri- or aspire and strive to these great things is so when people ask me about it I can turn around and tell them hey you know what the reason I'm here isn't because of me it's because of my God so well Isaiah it's been an honor to talk to you we're pulling for you on Saturday uh you know pulling for the Falcons hoping you guys get it done and you know hope you and your family have a blessed Thanksgiving I'm sure that with uh being right there in the springs and you know you growing up there I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people uh in in play uh, you know uh, guys on the team they're gonna want to come around the uh the Sanders household for Thanksgiving but look have a blessed uh, holiday and just good luck on Saturday I appreciate it thank you sir happy Thanksgiving to you too Wow, just what an amazing conversation with Isaiah Sanders, the senior quarterback out of Colorado Springs. Again, a finalist for the Werfel Award, the premier award in college football for community service. So many other accolades that he has racked up off the field. They're just going to continue to keep coming in uh, in the offseason and as the season, regular season winds down. All right, when we come back, we got to take a look ahead at what's coming up this weekend. Alluded to the Wyoming, uh, the last game at Falcon Stadium this season, and for all those Air Force seniors, Wyoming at Air Force, and then certainly Army-Navy also back in action on the road. We're going to preview those games when we come back right here on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. The latest with Navy, Army, and Air Force on Yards and Stripes Service Academy football. Here again is Price Atkinson. All right, let's take a look at our three games this weekend. We'll start in Colorado Springs where the Air Force Falcons the regular season finale going to be hosting the Wyoming Cowboys. Air Force nine and two, six and one in the Mountain West. Wyoming seven and four, four and three in the Mountain West. And this game, a two o'clock Eastern Standard Time kickoff, going to be televised live on Facebook. So Facebook is the only way you'll be able to get this one from Falcon Stadium in terms of TV coverage. But the season finale uh, and regular season finale at home for the Falcons is thirty-one seniors will be playing their final. Home game that senior class with a 29 and 19 overall record, including eight and 13 in the Mountain West Conference. So big day for those seniors. They'll be taking the field at Falcon Stadium 
for the final time, and Air Force receiving votes in both national polls ranked in the top 30. I'm sure a win would probably vault them into the top 25, but this game against Wyoming not going to be uh, a gimme. Is is the is the Cowboys a uh, pretty strong team? Uh, Craig Bowl, uh, you got to love what he's done since getting there to Laramie and coming over from North Dakota State. It's a series that Air Force leads overall, not by a lot, 28, 26, and three. Uh, including nine and nine uh, in conference games. So a big game coming up uh, for the Falcons and Wyoming more than capable uh, of doing some damage. But as I mentioned, the final home game for these 30 seniors that will be recognized. And, you know, a senior class that, that could end the season 17 and six uh, during the or in their careers, I should say, 17 and six uh, at the at the end of their careers, and including uh, a perfect six and zero home season this year with a win over Wyoming. So again, a big game as Air Force is an 11 point favorite at last check, a 2 p.m. kickoff that'll be live on Facebook this Saturday at Falcon Stadium. All right, second on Saturday. The Navy Midshipmen heading down to the Lone Star State, a 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time kickoff against the Houston Cougars. This one is going to be broadcast live on ESPN2. So Navy going on the road, and they will be a nine-point road favorite at Houston. Been a tumultuous season for Dana Holgerson's Cougar squad. They saw De'Eric King decide to sit in redshirt after a couple games to start the year, and several other players followed suit as Holgerson making the move from West Virginia uh, to Houston in the offseason. But the midshipmen heading down to the Lone Star State on a roll. Obviously, that that taste of defeat, 52-20 to 20 at Notre Dame, really the one blemish uh, going back to the month of, of September. But the mids have a chance to keep pace. A win at Houston will certainly, as I explained the scenarios a little bit earlier in the podcast, firmly in the mix with a shot to make the AAC title game. But they're going to need a win uh, by Cincinnati the day before over uh, Memphis to have that opportunity. But this is a series that Houston leads four uh, wins to just one loss for the Cougars. Olgerson has never faced Navy. Niamatololo, one in three there uh, for uh, the midshipmen against Houston. But the number 24 midshipmen they're going to be meeting for this sixth time on the gridiron uh, this weekend. You know, a chance as Houston's coming off a 24 to 14 win uh, at Tulsa. That snapped a five game losing, or excuse me, a three game losing streak for the Cougars. Uh, but uh, this is a game that Navy certainly obviously is favored uh, big. But Kyle Porter leads the rushing attack for Houston 605 yards, three touchdowns on 124 carries. But Marquez Stevenson, he's a guy that has 44 catches, 774 yards, and seven touchdowns this season. But he's one of the most dangerous kick return men in the country, averaging almost 30 yards a kickoff, including two touchdowns, which does lead the country. But once again, this game, number 24 Navy at Houston, a 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time kickoff on ESPN2. Big one in the American Athletic is the mids trying to keep pace atop the division.
right? And our final game of the weekend, uh, I should maybe say instead of Saturday, technically will be Sunday morning in the East, but Army heading to Hawaii to face the 8-4 and four Rainbows, uh, tied for first in the Mountain West, West Division. Uh, the Rainbows right now having a fantastic season, but Jeff Munkin's team going to have their uh, work cut out for them, heading on the road as the Rainbows have won three straight and four out of their last five. The only blemish was a, a three-point loss to Fresno State, but uh, the Rainbows getting a gutty 14-11 to win last weekend and really a defensive affair. Uh, but Hawaii hosting uh, the Black Knights in a two-and-a-half-point favorite at last check. Coach Rolovich's team, he's got this program really rolling right now, folks. But uh, Coach Munkin still in play. The Black Knights are for a bowl bid, and certainly a win here and a win over Navy will we'll get that job done in what will be the fifth all-time meeting between Army and Hawaii. Hawaii leads the all-time series three wins to one. Uh, Army one did win that most recent game at Mikey Stadium last year in which the Army defense was outstanding, getting that 28-20 to one victory. But Coach Munkin, certainly familiar uh, with the Aloha State, was a grad assistant there at Hawaii from 19, uh, 1989 to 1990, where he coached the slot backs in the secondary. Here's what Coach Munkin had to say heading into Saturday night's game against the Rainbows. Uh, a long trip out to the University of Hawaii and, and uh, in a very challenging game. They've got an outstanding team and I can't say enough for what uh, Coach Rolovich has done there. They they came in here last year and it was a uh, it was a fight all the way to the end. We were very fortunate to win the game, um, and they they are playing so well. Just uh, have had a chance to watch them several times throughout the year. They they've been on TV some and and uh, have had a chance to watch their games, and then certainly in preparation for this game to watch the uh, their their team play. Obviously, we're we're making the trip out there a lot earlier, and just the hopes that we can. Uh, adjust a little bit to the both the weather and to the time change, which uh, which is a challenge. Obviously, going uh, five time zones away, um, there's there's going to be a difference in the sleep cycles for our guys. I don't know if we can make that adjustment in a in a few days, but that's really the 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 hope that we'll we'll be able to to do a better job with that. So this game will air on CBS Sports Network, a game that'll kick off just after midnight. Uh, but good luck to the Black Knights as they will be spending the Thanksgiving holiday there uh, in Hawaii. They've already headed out that way. So a big game for Coach Munkin's Black Knight team as they're looking for that win over Hawaii before the all-important Army-Navy game. All right, when we come back, our commander, or excuse me, our Travis Manion Foundation honor roll segment where we honor a member, uh, a service member who has given the ultimate sacrifice is coming up next right here on Yards and Strike. You know, with the holiday season here and upon us, especially Thanksgiving this week, as we do take the time to to say thank you and give thanks uh, to our many blessings. You know, we all we obviously give thanks every single week uh, to the men and women, uh, including those families uh, uh, with loved ones who have given the ultimate sacrifice. And that's what the Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segment is. You know, if listen, if you listened to the podcast before, you know this is the time that we uh, take a step back to say thank you. 
uh, especially to those family members who who have have a loved one who has given that ultimate sacrifice for our country and and so many put their lives on the line every single day and you know we we recognize our veterans all the time active uh, duty and 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 ones that have served in the past but you know obviously we're we're giving special thanks this week to so many other things and you know the Travis Manion Foundation is helping out families in local communities across the country by being a therapeutic outlet uh, to continue the the work uh, of service and uh, commitment uh, on behalf of their loved ones who have given the ultimate sacrifice. And you can find a way uh, to make a difference at travismanian.org as Operation Legacy continues through the month of November. And you can find a local service project in your area uh, to make a difference yourself. So check it out, travismanian.org. And this week, we take the time uh, to honor and remember Chief Petty Officer Scott Cooper Dayton. Uh, Chief Petty Officer Scott Cooper Dayton, a native of Woodbridge, Virginia, gave the ultimate sacrifice on Thanksgiving Day, uh, November the 24th, 2016. And he was assigned to the Explosive Ordnance Disposal Mobile Unit 2, based out of Virginia Beach, Virginia, uh, when he gave the ultimate sacrifice in northern Syria uh, in wounds sustained an explosive IED battle while supporting Operation Inherent Resolve in what was a U.S.-led mission against ISIS. And Scott, a 23-year veteran of the United States Navy, uh, where he served as a member of the elite Navy Special Operations Community as a Master Explosive Ordnance Disposal Tech, uh, described as a true patriot and highly regarded by his peers in the EOD community, was deployed several times uh, to Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom, and then Operation Inherent Resolve. And his awards and decorations are so long to list, including the Bronze Star Medal with Valor, the Bronze Star Purple Heart Medal, and 10 Joint Service Navy and Marine Corps Accommodation and Achievement Medals. And Scott was described as, quote, larger, quote, live life as large and as loudly as he could by utilizing his character strength to possess in every facet of life. And you know, he is survived by uh, his wife, Kristen, daughter Haley, and son Cole. And, you know, as he uh, had a lifelong dream to, to serve in the military, uh, he loved fishing uh, early in the morning, turning wrenches with his, on his Jeep, fishing with friends and family on their boat, uh, and even while spending time on a quiet in a deer stand or cheering on his kids at their soccer games. He never let life pass him by. Uh, even while just sitting back and listening to bluegrass or reggae music. And Scott made sure that everyone around him was living life and making the absolute most of from the quiet ones to the loud and crazy ones. And so uh, it's Travis Manion Foundation uh, has done work with his family. His top character strength they list is zest. And I think that says it all in that zest for life. So, you know, we take the time and, and remember those who have given the ultimate sacrifice, like Chief Petty Officer uh, Scott Cooper Dayton, uh, who was born July 30th, 1974, 23-year uh, veteran of the United States Navy, but gave the ultimate sacrifice on Thanksgiving Day, November the 24th, 2016. Through Travis Mannion Foundation's Operation Legacy service projects, veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians across the country come together under the common cause to serve in honor of our nation's heroes. Service projects include city beautifications, planting memorial trees, volunteering at shelters, park cleanups, and more. Ask yourself, if not me, then who? and register for a project near you or as a virtual volunteer by visiting oplegacy.org. 
that's about it for this episode of Yards and Stripes. Just want to say thank you as we're on the precipice of another uh, Thanksgiving holiday this week as as we take the time to say thank you for our many blessings. But you know, I want to certainly want to thank all, all our listeners, uh, everybody who downloads every single week, but also more importantly, uh, thank our, our, our families and our service members uh, who, who – uh, put their lives on the line, and especially those who are serving in harm's way here at home uh, and abroad. And if you're not going to be able to be home for Thanksgiving, you know certainly our, our thanks, a special thanks to you uh, always, uh, but especially to the family members because I know there'll be a void in, in not having your uh, loved one there at the Thanksgiving dinner lunch table on Thursday. Uh, but our hearts are with you. We say thank you uh, every day. Uh, every single week, uh, but especially this week where we take that step back, especially uh, to remember those who, who won't be able to be uh, at the, the dinner table with your loved ones in your families, but you're always in our hearts and our minds, and especially this week as we do give stop and give thanks uh, on Thanksgiving again this week. But you know, I want to thank everybody for listening. Certainly uh, appreciative of every single person who listens and downloads to each episode. Uh, just couldn't do it without you all. So thank you very much. And, you know, thank you to everybody that's helped make the podcast what it is yet again this season. we got much more to go, but certainly uh, we've got uh, a set of games this weekend. I know everybody's going to be excited uh, with all three teams back in action as the regular season begins to close up shop. And we will be back again next week right here on Yards and Stripes. But for me, I'm your host, Price Atkinson. Once again, thanks for listening. We will talk to you again next week. Have a blessed and wonderful Thanksgiving, everybody. To get more on all things Service Academy football, like Yards and Stripes on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. And as always, you can subscribe to Yards and Stripes on iTunes and Stitcher. Join us again next time for Yards and Stripes Service Academy football.